Sorry, my friend. He's a bad cop. I'm a good cop. Okay. You can trust me. I won't be on the show. I'm gonna be on the show. I'm gonna be the star of the show. You started off as the bad cop, and now you're the good one. Hope this movie doesn't suck ass. It will. <laughs> now you're the good cop. Oh my god. The moral is you're a total bitch. How are you holding up? Because I'm a potato. It certainly does suck. Isn't there supposed to be a good cop? Hope you boys brought popcorn. Cause I'm about to put on a show. Welcome back to another episode of Good Pop, Bad Pop with... Damn it, T! Put our hands out! Nothing else matters! With T&M. Today, we're going to be reviewing Santa Clarita Diet Se- Season 3. The OA Season 2. And a, a lot of odds and ends we've been watching in the last two weeks. But first, Em is very excited to something which I'm going to assume she wants to talk about first. Em, how are you? Explosions! I'm just a little bit excited, team. Just putting that out there. Really? Yeah. We bit. We can tell you're excited. Why are you excited specifically? Because the trailer for Borderlands 3 has come out and it is amazing. I've never seen you this excited for a game, ever. <laughs> I was pretty excited for Life is Strange 2. Um, I played a bit of it, but then I found out what came up in it and then decided to no longer pursue that. I'll be very excited if they make another Atlas game. Not quite this excited, but... But not Borderlands 3 excited. Not as in you've spent the afternoon planning your Borderlands tattoo. Yeah. What's it going to be? I don't know yet. There's so many... So many options. But with this announcement, this is the year. Listeners, hold me accountable. I will do my Mad Moxie cosplay at Supernova this year, which I have said for the last six years. But damn it, this year I'm doing it. She hasn't even appeared in the trailer yet. We're not sure she's in the game. Like, I'll assume she's well, in the game. <laughs> look, that is one of my big concerns. But they couldn't, they just, they could not, <laughs> they could not make this game. And not put her in it. Alright, so for those who aren't familiar with the Borderlands franchise... Em, Get with the program, what are you even doing if you're not playing? If if you haven't played Borderlands, stop listening to this podcast. Go buy the Handsome Collection. It's on It's on sale, isn't it? Isn't it on sale? The, well, we'll get to that, yes. Alright, we're going with it's on sale. It's on sale, <laughs> go buy it, play it right now, come back in 60 hours, and then talk to me. It's a T&M sale. We'll just yell until it's cheaper. Yeah, yeah, that is... I'm pretty sure that's how it works. PlayStation, Verify, Sony, can you... Um, and I do have some other alternative suggestions if you're not a shooter person, but we will get into that a bit later on. Right, so Borderlands. We had Borderlands 1, which was pretty good, then Borderlands 2, which is one of my all-time favorite games. It sounds like it's one of M's favorite games. Yeah. Yes. Borderlands 2 was a masterpiece. It was funny and still a lot of fun. And it was a co-op split-screen shooter. You can play four people on the couch and play it. And this is becoming such a rarity in gaming. It's so hard to get a split-screen. Every time I see a new shooter IP, I'm like, oh, can I do split-screen? So M and I can play together. Um, And Borderlands was the one we played. Uh, So we've, we've been sitting around for a while. 2K Games has been doing a few things and... There's been some minor announcements in terms of we're working on the thing we should be working on, which we all hoped was Borderlands 3. 
Oh, if it was Battleborn <laughs> 2, the streets would riot. Uh, didn't play Battleborn 2. But no, they've announced Borderlands yeah, 3 funny. is coming out. And what crossed my mind is Borderlands 2 was becoming a bit Skyrim-y in that they just kept doing stuff for Borderlands 2. And you're worried, are they going to make a 3? Like, you're going to play Skyrim on a toaster now. Um, Borderlands 2, they brought out for VR, they did the bundle, like the handsome collection where you've mm, got all the games mm, together, lots of DLCs, lots of add-ons, lots of stuff, and you're like, oh, they're just going to milk this forever. We'll never get Sky- the Skyrim sequel, I mean Borderlands 3, <laughs> another franchise that won't make its number 3, but no, September 13? September 13, baby! We're getting a new Borderlands it's so soon. Like I thought, you know, I thought they would do the thing where they would go, "Yeah, cool, we're announcing this. See you in 2021." And I'd be like, "Ah." Oh. So the fact m- it's it's only like what six months. months away? Not even six months. Three months. What September? Yeah, it's April. Nearly April, May, June, July, August, September. Six right. months. Well, my maths isn't great. Yeah. Well, I'll do the counting when we play. <laughs> um, so this is exciting times and. A lot of people were surprised at how excited everyone is. Now, Borderlands 2 was great, but no one knew it was going to be great when it came out. And afterwards, it picked up a lot of fans. It wasn't a super hyped game. And now everyone's freaking out over Borderlands 3 and people are like, what's going on? Why why is everyone super excited about this? And it's been funny to watch. Um, Reddit was purely Borderlands 3. For like the last few days. As it should be. Literally nothing else in the world matters. Yeah, it's been been lovely. Um, So, observations from the trailer, Em. What do you... you... Oh, look. (laughs) How long do you have? Like, I have a lot... Let's keep it a tight ten. About this. Okay, so here's (laughs) here's what I'm going to do. First of all, we're going to break down the trailer and have a chat. And then we're going to talk about why you all need to be playing some form of Borderlands. And I will give you the lowdown as to how you can make that happen. So, trailer, first thoughts. T, first tell me what what do you think. Looking at the trailer, there's two of them. So there's the, the black and white kind of model teaser trailer. And there's the full, what, three-ish minute something trailer. So, tell me tell me how was T feeling watching this trailer? <laughs> so, how did you feel? Oh, it's been a journey, this franchise. So, um, they... The one had a very dark sort of sense of humour. It wasn't a lot of voice acting. Mm. And it was kind of weird and very surreal. Two, they pumped it full of voice acting. Uh, they got lots of larger-than-life characters. Handsome Jack is one of the all-time great villains. Mm. And Claptrap, he's so quotable. You got Tiny Tina, you got Moxie, you got Torg, you got... And these aren't even the main characters. These are like DLC characters. Um, well, that's not true. <laughs> well, all their their main content was in DLCs. Right. Oh, and in okay. Yeah. Moxie was a Borderlands One DLC. She mm. had the arena. That's yeah. where it all started. Um, she and... was still in a bar, wasn't she? In two. Was well, she still in a bar one. in one? Oh, it's possible. I don't know. No, anyway, go on. Um, and what they did with two, which was interesting. So there's four classes. Well initially four classes Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and in two there was another four classes but the original four classes from one became the npcs the characters the bosses and the people driving the plot so these nameless faces that you controlled were the main characters and it was such a masterstroke and they made them hilarious so i'm very intrigued what they're going to do again if 
there'll be a new set of four Vault Hunters. Do the characters you played in 2, will they appear? We haven't seen them yet. So is there going to be a Salvador running around, Zero running around? Oh, Zero's in the trailer. Was he? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Zero yeah. didn't say much, but I, I wanted okay. to see Salvador because he was like South American or something. And he's like, fighting! <laughs> like, <laughs> but he might be competing with Brick. Um, it's true. So throughout the cycle of Borderlands 2, they had a bunch of DLCs and they sort of ramped up the surrealness and the comedy. I mean, the final DLC was a Dungeons and Dragons game. It was if you the recall. best. It was the best. And the ending was... of that was sad as hell, though. <laughs> yeah. We My heart! That. Yeah, got a bit, oh, got a bit heavy a bit quickly. Um, oh, oh, tears for days. So now this one's going to be a new writer. It's not the same guy who made Handsome Jack and Tales from the Borderlands. Yeah. So take us through that. What's the go there? Oh, I haven't prepared anything. He's just um, moved on. Right. Well, yeah. So the point is that he did the other ones, but he's not involved in this. Yeah, and some people have said it's going to be a bit more like Borderlands One. I'm like, I don't think that's See, the direction I don't, I don't know why people would say that just because that writer isn't involved like yes there were a writer i assume they were the lead writer is that correct yeah, yeah. that's my understanding but i mean i feel like you can pick up enough from what the the three stories that he was involved in to be able to carry on the legacy that he has created like there's enough there to write fanfic so if there's enough there to write fanfic there's enough to <laughs> you know make a third one <laughs> So I'm intrigued on in what direction they go with. Um, they've obviously got to move on from Handsome Drac because they've milked that as much as they're going to get. But have they? Oh, could make another appearance. Um, yeah, so I'm intrigued. The art style is consistent in that it doesn't. They don't really have to change it a whole lot because of the sort of cell shader stuff. Yeah, um, I love that look. Like that was one yeah. of the reasons I played the game because you were like, "Play this shooter with me." I'm like, "Shooters suck." But then you showed it to me and I was like, hmm, that's pretty cool. I can get behind that. And now here I am today. Yelling a lot. Yelling a lot. This glorious Borderlands queen you see in front of you who (laughs) can still not shoot to save her life. But goddammit, she will try and throw all the robots that she can. (laughs) There was a a DLC which added a few new characters. And one of them was called Mechromancer. And it was kind of condescendingly called the girlfriend class because it was... You can spec all your points into a robot, and the robot ran around and killed everything, and you just had to steer the robot. And if it was great if you weren't sort of... You don't even get to steer the robot in that one. But you, you, like, you can spec what it does, what yeah, attacks yeah, you, it uses. Yeah, you can spec it, but you can't. Use so, it. you know, if you're not good at shooting on a controller, for instance, you can have this character mm. where the robot does all the work. Which I did. <laughs> and then we replayed it again, and you played the same class again. Bitch, do what you know. <laughs> Um, so very excited. Mama likes her robots. For this. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I've been hanging for Borderlands 3. I quite like it. And I don't know, you're, you've you picked apart the trailer for us, Em. Yes. Yes, I have. So here's Tell the categories. Something... Here's the categories I have broken this down in for you, T, and our dear listeners. So I'm going to be chatting characters. We've got some familiar faces. we got some baddies. we got some newbies. We've also got some hot new gear to discuss, um, new places and shit, other things. So, first of all... And explosions? Explosions! Fuck yeah, we've got explosions. And we got Brick doing a goddamn saxophone solo. (laughs) What? I mean, first of all, 
to the people who are like, this isn't going to be as funny or the same as Borderlands 2. Fuck you. There is Brick playing a saxophone in the trailer. In the trailer. There was you a, idiots. I did notice this just because it went huge when everyone got super excited. There was, there's always a contrarian when something gets popular and they're just like, oh, I don't know. Like, it's a one and a half minute trailer. There's literally nothing you can pick from it other than flashes of stuff. And obviously other people have picked from it, but they've decided to, mm, no, I think it's going to be bad. Like, I found a trailer disappointing. Like, fuck you. Someone typed that in a comment section and then leaned back in their chair, donned their fedora, sipped a tea and went, yes, I have contributed to the internet today. Fuckers. Hope that person <laughs> gets an impacted bow. <laughs> well, if you go by the stereotype, they and what they eat it's possible anyway so <laughs> moving on saxophone solos <laughs> saxophone solos so uh speaking of familiar faces what we can see here is we see some lovely old face we see that um maya's hair is longer so time has passed on that note um tiny tina is not so tiny anymore our little girl's grown up that's just teenage tina yeah she looks like um, tween tina no, definitely not 20, more teeny or even early 20s. So she could be like, I don't know, 18, 20, which is going to be really weird because if people start to like sexualize Tina, I'm going to be super <laughs> uncomfortable. I'm going to be like, how dare you stare at her that way? <laughs> the Drew Barrymore effect. Mm, bitch, she will blow you up. <laughs> so, um, yeah, we see her with her. She still is loving her bunnies with the badonkadonks. She's got them big bunnies on and a little bunny strapped to her. Strapped to her waist, which was so cute. I love that. Um, so she's in it. Um, we can see Marcus, Ellie, Claptrap, of course. You see Tannis, Hamelock, and his sister Aurelia. Aurelia, is that his name? Oh, that, that was her, his sister. Because yeah. she was a DLC character. Yeah, remember, because I played her in the in the DLC the second time around and you hated it because you didn't like her voice. Yeah. She was a bit too pompously British for you. Yeah. Yeah, it was a little much. you got to like um, the voice if you're going to be playing with it for... 60 hours. <laughs> Fair. But she looks amazing. And uh, and her powers are pretty dope. So I liked her. Um, who else was in there? Bunch of peeps. Um, meanwhile, where the fuck is Moxie? Like we said before. Uh, was a little distressed that I didn't see her. But maybe they're saving her for a second reveal or something. There were some shots that looked like it was in an arena. And generally in the early game, she sort of ran the arenas. Yeah. It was all about the side hustle of... Um, doing that mm, 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 so i mean like she's the one of the most iconic characters at this point short oh. of the traditional psycho so she'll be in it yeah there's, there's no way that they would make this and not put her in it um i am intrigued to see if they change her costume because she was red in one and then purple in the second and in any dlc after that so it'll be very interesting to see what happens um with her outfit so plus ellie was in there so if ellie's in there which is daughter of moxie so yeah that's um, when the family's in there <laughs> most um, of the family not all of the family but that's a story for another time so um now we also see some dude with a mustache which looks like it could be reese um if you don't know who reese is so a lot of people a lot of people play borderlands let's be real a lot of people play that and I love it. Um, Tales of the Borderlands is a telltale game. Hey, I just got that's Tales of the Borderlands because it's a telltale game. Damn. But also because it's a side story. 
Oh, Borderlands. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. Um, I've started um, playing that this week. I've done two episodes. Yes, so that's great because it means I can now have some conversations with you on air that I couldn't have a week ago. Side note, while the mm. story is great, there's a reason Telltale went bust. Like, I've played two of the five chapters mm. and I've hit maybe six buttons. Like, you're just watching a movie and then you well, get... it's a Telltale game. That's what... Uh, but they need to evo- they needed to evolve. Like, I was... I'd put the controller down and be like, this is interesting. And then they'd wait for me to prompt... There'd be a prompt to move left or something. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm playing a game. Like... Well, it's Telltale. You need to... And, and what you're describing is exactly why a lot of people probably haven't played Tales from the Borderlands. Uh, because they're not into that Telltale style. And fair enough. Like, I mean... It's not a style for everybody in the same way that shooters aren't for everybody. But if you really love the Borderlands franchise enough, you should play you have it. To, yeah, persevere. Yeah, because uh, <laughs> it's it, canon apparently. It is. It's canon, and it's fucking hilarious. Um, it is one of my top three Telltale games, definitely. Um, so you should play it alone just for that. Um, and that is my other thing I was going to suggest for people who don't like shooters but are intrigued by Borderlands. Play this game. Um, I think it can kind of stand alone as its own story. I mean, you might be a bit confused about the places, but, I mean, you know, you'll adjust. Um, And that's a great way to sort of break into Borderlands culture if you're not into shooters. So do that. Now, what I was saying before is it looks like Reese might be in this trailer. We see him holding some weird, like, holograph thing. He's still got a cyborg doodad attached to his head, so it looks like maybe something's happened there. Now, what is interesting, and this is something that you won't quite know about yet, and this doesn't give anything away, uh, but depending on the ending of the game, of, t- of Tales from the Borderlands, um, can basically defines who he may be as a character. So it's interesting mm-hmm. to see what option they've gone with. Um, so is it like light side, dark side kind of dearly? Yeah, I suppose. Like I haven't finished it yet. So. Yeah, so that's more or less how it goes, you know, goodies, baddies. So it's kind of unclear as to what side of the fence he may be on. I think, like, purely at a guess, and this has nothing to do with the Tales of the Borderlands game, but I think maybe in 3 he might be a bad guy. Oh, that'll bum me out. Yeah, it's going to bum me out too, because um, I really like Reese. Um, and there's another random dude. And I did some reading, and, and people were saying that that dude is also an older Vaughn in the trailer, but I couldn't see that at all. So Who's I think Vaughn? He's your mate in Tales from the Borderlands. Oh, ripped guy of glasses. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that guy. What a nude. Um, yeah. So people are saying that he was in it, but I'm I'm not buying that. I don't I don't think that that would be him. Um, now, when you do see Reese in the trailer, Zero is actually next to him, ah, as okay. well as some. Um... I mean, they've met. Hmm? They've met, kind of. Yeah, that's true. That is true. Um, and uh, I forget. What brand of bodyguards with him? Somebody, Malala? No, I don't. Someone. Anyway. Well, he'd be working for. He'd be Atlas, wouldn't he? Yeah. We're getting too deep into this. Okay. Um, what else? <laughs> okay. Cool. I wasn't sure if you'd made that connection yet, but yeah, he might be running Atlas. So, um, just from well, what another, it looks like in the if trailer. You've never seen any Borderlands. There's all different brands for the guns. Different and gun manufacturers. Yeah. Same as real life. And it's a. It's a. It's a thing. Like, they all do different types, and you play it for a while, and you have preferences. Like, these artificial, you know, these um, fictional brands, and you're like, oh, I, I prefer these ones, like M 
always rolls with a Malawan SMG. I always run with a Jacob shotgun. And Hell yeah, man. I know oh, what they all mean. This is crazy. <laughs> I need that alien tech in my life. <laughs> and they mentioned that in the trailer. There's like a billion guns because... um One billion guns. A lot of people are talking about that as the highlight, but that's obviously the low light for me because I'm like, yeah, yeah, I don't care to tell you more about what the story well, and the character in the city. <laughs> did the math on Borderlands 2 and came up with a very similar number of like a few hundred million because mm. um, there's gun types and there's all parts to the gun and it's all randomized. It's a, it's a looter shooter. Yeah. Um, and just with every combination, there's just that many guns. That's crazy. That is true. So uh, wasn't there something else that you could do? Didn't you see on, on Reddit there were some other leaks? Like there was you can control every aspect of the guns in Borderlands oh, 3, so, potentially? Right. So something the fans have been clamoring for for a while is you got a an item and it's made up of six components and it was just a dice roll of what that gun was. Now they've got it so you can probably dismantle guns and build your perfect gun so if you have a gun that has the perfect purple trigger you can get that and stick it mm. on another gun and i assume there'll be gun building in it see i don't like that i think that's because you know me i don't like things that get too fiddly plus i also think that luck of the draw is half the fun of borderlands like you you know you go you open your crate and you're like oh shit what's gonna be in it oh it's disappointing yeah, yeah but, it's but fun. they're still rare but if you've you know, if you can just make it yourself, then it kind of sucks the But you've still got to find all the parts. So it's not just finding one rare gun. You've got to find 20 rare pieces to build the perfect rare gun. And so, no, nah, it, it works for me. Yeah, well, yeah, that's what I mean. It's more of a more of a, a T activity than an M activity. <laughs> I'm <laughs> well, just like, ooh, gun. The hardcore Shame. players of this go deep. And they're mm. like, I need this gun with this combination of bits and pieces and just to min-max these ultimate characters to... Do all sorts of impossible feats. It's a very much a new game, new game plus, new game plus, 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 new game plus, yeah. plus, 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 plus. And they had overpowered modes. And the numbers you're seeing, like I watch a video of someone playing overpowered mode eight and they're doing like billion damage per shot. And I'm like, whoa, this got out of hand. And I'm like shooting my little pistol. Pew, three damage. <laughs> pew, three damage. So you can keep playing and playing. Well, that's what I love about it. Like, I, I want to replay it all the time. You're like, do you want to play something else? I'm like, no, tea. I, I'd play Borderlands 2 <laughs> over and over again. We, we mm. got up to pre-sequel, which wasn't as replayable for me. That's true. It was I great and funny, but Borderlands 2, half the reason it was such a, it was so fun, the story moved you along and then you'd have a level. And the level is sort of linear enough that you can just sort of gauntlet run it mm. and it just made you it was a looter shooter you know it was a run and gun it was like you'd you finish a level through really easily and you'd want to do it again yeah. and they lost that in um pre-sequel like you'd a lot of traveling you'd get lost you'd get stuck and it was really frustrating it didn't flow mm. it was really jarring whereas borderlands 2 has the most perfect flow of a game i've ever played Send you to X, send you to Y, go here, go there. And it's, it's open world, you can do what you want, but just Breath when you get into the... Gun. <laughs> yeah, you get to places and you just sort of gun it and you're like, oh, I'm going to do this a few more times, get some more loot, get some more levels and... Oh. But, but the Burganella gun. <laughs> well, we can, we can get back to that. We can get back to the pre-sequel. I, know. I would like to finish it at least a second time. Um, right. But back with the guns, like I... I'm fairly easily pleased when it comes to guns. I'm just like, ooh, purple. Ooh, SMG. Ooh, Malawan. That's all I need. Yeah, that's all you need. <laughs> I'm, I'm happy with that combination. Or a Moxie gun. I love me a Moxie gun. One thing yeah. I noticed, and this is a very technical thing. So in Borderlands 2, they added a... So you have a fire gun, a poison gun, electricity gun, a whole bunch of others. And they had this one called Slag. And Slag... 
mm. hits you with purple goo and makes you take twice damage. And it became such a thing that every, you always had to have a way to have someone sl- slagged and it became such a mechanic in itself and they've got rid of it for three. They've announced that already and I'm like, thank God. That made everything so complicated and hard. Wait, there's no more slag guns? No. Wow. They removed the element. Because it was a pain. It was mandatory to have a target yeah, slagged all the time for right. optimization. And it's like, I just, I just want to shoot electricity from my gun. But purple goo. Yeah. That's <laughs> kind of fun. But no, fair point, I guess. It was the... The weakest of any. Now, um, so I'll circle back to the trailer. Uh, what I did say, and I, one character I did forget to mention that we do know that we see uh, twice in the trailer is our beloved Lilith, uh, Fave from the beginning. Um, now, you see her once. The and Firehawk. She's all, uh, yes, indeed. Um, and she's looking all badass, as she, as she do. Um, but later in the trailer, you see her kind of groveling on the floor. And I don't know if you noticed this, but all of her siren um, markings are missing. I didn't notice this. Okay. Uh, anyway, so that led me to some speculation. So it's like, what's the go? Who took her powers? Um, and I'll circle back to that when I get to the baddies, because I've got a couple of theories in the works. You really do have a lot of analysis for this trailer, Em. <laughs> oh, look, I'm not even a third through my notes. <laughs> oh, right. That's, that's, all right, Go. <laughs> Um, now, the baddies. So we saw the two uh, the two baddies who I'm pretty sure are twins from what I have read, seen, from what it looks like. Um, do you remember what their names are? No. Tyrene and Troy. All right. Um, so Tyrene and Troy. Now, Tyrene's also got siren marks and so does Troy, which is weird because um, normally it's only women who are sirens. So I want to know what the go is with Troy. Is he some like... Savant who has chosen <laughs> to be a siren, or has he siphoned it from somewhere? Has he siphoned it from Lilith? Is that why she doesn't have it and he's got it? Like, did he take it from her, or was he born with it? And because he's the only dude with it, they become these like godlike people. Because did you find that there's like a weird culty looking thing happening in the trailer? Oh, maybe. Well, there are all the, um, all the. Uh, bandits and baddies and stuff are all kind of cultish. I mean, they're all suicidal and stuff. Oh, yeah, they're all fanatics, and that's why it sort of matches up. So, they're all maniacs and badasses and well, stuff. Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. So I think Tyrion and Troy are like these kind of cult leaders, or they've been used as pawns to be cult leaders, maybe by Atlas. I don't know, I'm just throwing some shit out there. Um, but that's sort of what it's looking like. Because there's all these posters everywhere saying, Children of the Vault, Children of the Vault. Um, and I forget there was another weird phrase on a couple of posters where I was like, ooh, that's a little culty. How weird. So I think there's something happening there. I read one theory how, um, someone thinks that maybe Malawan have something to do with it because they've got like the alien tech in the guns. And so that creates, and you know, they're always going on about being godly guns and stuff. So maybe that's got something to do with this weird thing. Um, but yeah, very... Very, very interesting there. Um, now, you also can see a bunch of um, new robot guys, so new new robot baddies to kill. Um, and they look like Malawan ba- baddies too because they've got the checked orange, white, and blue pattern on them. Did you notice any of them? I've not looked at this detail that you have. You are so unobservant, man. <laughs> I want to play the game in six months. <laughs> yeah, so don't you want to like think about what it could be? Anyway... Um, you can also see the Atlas logo in the black and white teaser trailer as well. It's sort of on the right of the screen. You can see that there. So that's obviously 
got something to do with something which ties into maybe something to do with a race. I don't know. Um, now, also, I should mention that Children of the Vault uh, is also some, is also a Marvel comic, but it obviously has nothing to do with that. <laughs> now totally we're different deep. vault. <laughs> um, so not the same thing there. Now, the other thing that you can see um, in the black and white teaser is a handsome Jack mask. Um, now, they've teased before that handsome Jack could come back. Um, now, you have now played two chapters of Tales from the Borderlands, and it's no secret that he makes an appearance in that game. So mm. he, He's um, right, not around at this point. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, So, but you've seen how he's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, he's like a, a digitally... What's the word I'm looking for? Like an AI or... A... Yeah, like an AI type thing. So um, it's interesting to think about how he might come back back i mean i don't i don't think he would be a big bad in this game for reasons <laughs> I mean, it would be a bit lazy to use the same baddie again oh, for i sure. mean pre-sequel was all about handsome jack as well <laughs> yeah well and like i've said before one of the best things i've read about pre-sequel is that it was a love letter to borderlands rather than a fully contained game but um but yeah so i think he's definitely like he's 100 percent in this game um, he's definitely in it, but I don't think to a massive capacity. Like, I think he might be a vehicle for the story, but I don't think he's going to be one of the big bads. But because his mask is in it, that might be the mask of mayhem, which is what this is kind of all about. Cause that's like what it's called or something, isn't it? Borderlands 3, Mask of Mayhem. Okay. They say mayhem's coming in the trailer. Yeah. They haven't announced it as Mask of Mayhem yet. Yeah. You sure? I'm sure that they had. Hmm. Anyway. Um, so that's what I'm... I'm thinking maybe that's got something to do with how he's going to be around. Like maybe the AI is still in Borderlands 3 and he's going to like coax someone to put on the mask and it will be like the movie The Mask with Jim Carrey and then they turn into the new handsome Jack or they get evil or something. I don't know. Like maybe... Because Jack started off as a pretty regular dude with just some big ideas. And then he got all corrupt and shit. Yeah, well, that, that was the point of the... I was kind of the subtext of the game. All the corporations mm. were corrupt. Yeah. And evil and just mining the planet for their businesses and stuff. And, you know, it's a wasteland. They don't care. Yeah. And, yeah. So, um, so I think maybe, maybe it's got something to do with the mask, even. Like, maybe that contributed to that. Um... But yeah, so I don't know if that's going to be a part of it. So what do you think? You know, I've thrown some theories at you. Bounce me back with some stuff here. I just, I can't really speculate on the plot, Em. I haven't looked at it, at it this much. Yeah, well, I've just given you a bunch of information. Like, what do you think? What sounds plausible? What sounds interesting? A billion guns. Think would be cool? I want a billion guns. Oh, and a gun so with boring. legs. Yawn. <laughs> Anything else from the trailer? Or should we move on? I'm never ready to move on. I do have something else about the trailer. Okay. So, um, you see Tina getting older, you see Maya with longer hair, um, and all, to show that time has passed for men, they've got (laughs) moustaches. I did notice there was a few moustaches out of nowhere. Brooke's got a moustache, alleged Reese has a moustache, alleged Vaughn, I think, also has a moustache. Like, what's the go? (laughs) I found that really weird. Now, I haven't even gotten to who the new playables are yet. 
So, um, did you pick up anything from the trailer? I mean, there's one really blindingly obvious thing you can pick up from the trailer with the new people. Yeah, there's a girl who punches things. Hell yeah, there is. She's got like a bajillion big massive arms. I'm hella excited about that. So that's Amara. She's the playable siren with the huge ass electric hands. Um, now she, I think she's the really hot one. Yeah, it's hard to tell because all the scenes kind of blend together. But, um, yeah, she's super hot. Like, damn Amara. You could kick my ass and whatever else. Um, so I really like the look of her. She looks badass. Um, there's also some weird stealthy looking dude. Now, do you notice anything weird about the stealthy dude? He's got like the one robo eye type thing. Is it? I no. Oh, okay. Well, like, I don't know, but I reckon that could be Lodobot. <laughs> I'm really hoping it's going to be Lodobot from, from Tales of the Borderlands. A Lodobot. Yeah. Would that be awesome? That, that's the next sort of um, thing they can do. So they've had yeah. Claptrap, they've had uh, Holograms, they've had Clones. Uh, what else have they had? They've had all sorts of things. So a reconstituted Lodobot, sure. Yeah, 100%. I reckon it's Lodobot. It's got to be. Because I was just sort of, I'm trying to, you know, the this, this scenes move so quickly in the trailer. I'm trying to, like, have a peek. Like, I'm pretty sure that's, like, a Lodobot eye and he's got Lodobot knees. Please be Lodobot. I would be so excited. I would be so torn if it is Lodobot. Like, who do I play? Because, honestly, all the characters look really, really good. Um, so, yeah, I reckon that's him. There's also some kind of weird beast master dude. I think he's, like, the older guy um, with an eye patch. Mm. because he's got this weird eye patch thingy and then other animals have the weird eye patch thingy so I don't know if you like control the animals or something and they have an eye patch when he controls them yeah it seems like a bit of a disadvantage well I mean sure I mean they've got no depth perception how do they attack their enemies well maybe it's like a cyborgy patch to throw people off I don't know they do love their synthetic eyes and they do exactly so that looks pretty cool because there's a few different um, beasts that have it so I don't know if he's got like a couple of pets he hangs out with, or if he overtakes animals in the wild, like, um, what's the other game that does that? One of them. Anyway. Um, and there's also, a another mech chick who has a playable mech. So a new, another person with a robot, but you get to fully control the robot this time. So like mech romancer 2.0. Pretty much. Yeah. Um, so pretty keen for her as well. She also looks like a badass. She's competing with, um, because Mechromancer was cool because she was also an emo or a goth or something. Gage. Yeah. Yeah. Gage. That was it. Yeah. Um. It's hard to top a small mechanical emo girl with a giant robot. Well, that is true. But, uh, here we are. So like both the player women in this game look phenomenal. Um, and so does potential Lodobot. (laughs) And also Beastmaster Dude. Like, I honestly cannot work out who I would want to be. Um, What other new cool stuff? So there's obviously a whole lot of new worlds. We see this really cool shot of um, this really, like, 80s sci-fi neon-looking city. Like, thriving metropolis. Um, I really hope it's a fully playable city, because that would be so trippy. Don't you think that looked awesome? It looked like the first city you visit... In pre-sequel, it was just sort of above you. You didn't get to fully explore it or anything. But mm. same sort of art, art style. But that was on the moon. A moon. A moon. Well, maybe that's what it is. That would be pretty cool. That would be awesome if they went back and had a look at that. Um, oh, also with Tyron and Troy. Like, we haven't 
seen them in the games, but they did make an appearance in the uh, Borderlands Origin comics in 2012. And they're referenced in Battleborn as well, so there you go. Hmm. Um, so they're not completely... Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. So there's Borderlands stuff in Battleborn? Um, I think maybe some side references. Huh. But that's about all I really know about that. Um, there's also, like, other weird critters, like other beasties. Um, there's that weird dinosaur fire-breathy thing, which looks like a pain in the ass to kill. I assume you'd have to shoot inside its mouth, right? Which, while it's trying to breathe fire at you, which sounds like no fun. <laughs> it looked like their version of a Deathclaw from Fallout. Oh, I've not played Fallout, so I'm not familiar with <sighs> what that is. Well, I won't put you on Fallout 76. <laughs> Appreciated. Um, also, there is some rad new gear. As we chatted about, there is one billion guns. I'm pretty keen for gun with legs. A lot of people have been like, oh, that's dumb. But, yeah, I'm for it. I mean, it's Borderlands. What did you expect? Something serious? I don't think, like, the gun with legs is going to be a big thing. It's just something that's in it. Like, in Borderlands 2, there was a gun that, when you ran out of ammo, you threw the gun and it exploded, and then you warped into another gun. Yeah. And there was a gun that exploded into smaller, littler guns that mm. were like a cluster grenade. There's just weird stuff the guns do. And then oh, there's yeah, like, for sure. here's one where you throw and it runs around like a turret. And everyone's really analyzing this. It's the pickle rick. <laughs> the pickle <laughs> oh, rick of guns. Of <laughs> Borderlands. Everyone's all about the gun. I'm like, it's just going to be one of 1,000 weird things in Borderlands. Oh, for sure. Everyone's getting way too worked up about gun with legs. Yeah, well, it's got these cute little legs. I like him. <laughs> Um, so we got that. And also, did you notice, because it's in both the teaser and the bigger trailer, that there's, like, these circle motorbikes that I think are also maybe on fire? Yeah, that looks... Where have I seen that before? It looks like something. Really? It looks like Star Wars. Um, maybe Phantom Menace that was zipping around on those kind of bikes. Oh, yeah, that's true. They seem silly. You'd stop and you'd just fall over. I guess if it has a big enough tread on the tire, you probably would be okay. I don't know. I guess we'll find out. Um, also, would that have like a would that have like a turbo option? Because that would be terrifying. <laughs> Whoa! You refused to drive in the last ones. You made me drive everywhere, and you just sat in the back shooting racks. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah. But then the racks chase us, and I'm like, oh no! I angered them somehow. <laughs> They're defending themselves somehow. <laughs> Good time. All I did is shoot you. <laughs> Exactly. Um, so I guess that's most of the sort of things that I've picked apart from the trailer um, after many, many watches. And I definitely don't cry every time I watch it. Not even a bit. I've never seen you so excited for a video game. How, how long did we just talk about a one-minute trailer? Not long enough, really. Like 30 lo- minutes. 30 minutes! And you gave me nothing. I was I just sitting here talking at you. I didn't have the level of analysis you've gone into. Yeah, but... Just use your imagination, T. Like, think about the things I have said to you and think about how they could join up. Like, I have this great whole potential plot in my head about how Reese is there and he is somehow pushing some weird agenda and he does it through using these two twins, Tyrone and Troy, and it's all because he put on Handsome Jack's mask and now he's crazy and now Tyrone and Troy are, like, scary-looking but also just dumb pawns in his massive game. Um, plus guns. Yeah, lots of guns. Yeah. And shooting. Yeah. Yeah. And sirens. So many sirens. It's a siren spectacular spectacular. Sirens are the wizard in the Borderlands world, if you don't know what we're talking about. That's true. They have yeah. magic powers. Yeah, Actually, the, there, was, there was something that was interesting. So in Borderlands 2, you had one ability. 
and it was on a cooldown, and you ran around and did your thing, and then you used your one ability. Apparently they've got multiple abilities and make them a bit more class-like. Oh, really? A bit more differentiation between the classes. Mm. So you actually get to use your abilities, which is good, because um, the problem was there was all this interesting stuff in your character, but in the end you were just shooting guns. Like, Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, so if they give you a bit more options, you know, especially if you want to go in and punch someone. That's yeah. fun too. What, um, oh, it was when I was in, when I was playing one and I got to go invisible and I just run up and punch everyone and then run away. That was good times. Um, God, like, was yeah, that zero? Yeah. No, it wasn't zero. Zero's in two. It was when Mordecai? I was playing one. No, you had a raven. Um, was it Lilith? Maybe. Yeah, it must have been, I think. Wait, she's playable in one, right? Lilith was one, yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, I think I played her. Yeah, because I went Siren, something, Mech, Mech again. <laughs> or Siren again. I can't remember. Either way. Um, but you make a good point about the cooldown thing. Like, whenever we'd be in a big fight room, and I'd be like, yeah, robot, go. And robot would go, and then robot would die, and I'd be like, fuck, because <laughs> I'd have to hide somewhere and wait for my robot to regen. You just run in circles <laughs> while I die. Yeah, pretty much. You're a good teammate, Ed. Yeah, well, I like to have an ice cream and send my robot to do my If you get an award, I hope you give it to the robot. It's good leadership (laughs) skills. Delegate everything. So that's enough Borderlands 3 today. Totally expect some more next week because um, today there will be a new drop of info and I'm probably going to pick that all apart too, so... And if you want to get into the Borderlands world, they've redropped all the 1 and 2 with new high-def texture packs to update the graphics. And you can get a Borderlands Game of the Year version for 1. And the Handsome Collection is still around for Borderlands 2. Collection. What's um, what's in the Game of the Year version, do you know? Oh, the DLCs. Oh, okay, right, So that was Mad Moxie's... um, Jeez, I'm going back now. General Knox. General Knox, it was a claptrap world before the robots. It's actually kind of a tragic story when you think about it. Oh, I blocked that out. Yeah. Bummer. With claptrap being the last of the claptraps. Mm. What's what I love about Borderlands, like it's funny and it's got so much heart. Like the amount of times that I've bawled my eyes out playing this game is absurd. No matter how many times I replay it, I'm like, oh, I forgot about it. Yeah, there's these. a few heartbreakers in there, isn't there? There really is. And ones that, and they're just so unexpected every time. It's right in the feels, something fierce. Explosions. Especially oh, the sad ones. Yeah. Okay. All right. So that concludes our intro to the show. Although hopefully by next week you'll have finished Tales from Borderlands and we can chat a bit more about that too, just leading up to the hype. Yeah, maybe. Woo-hoo. Anyway, sorry, go on. I guess you want to talk about something else. Well, we'll go get back on track to the pod. Fine. After the break. And that's what we're going to talk about today on Good Pop, Bad Pop. Em, what have you been up to? <laughs> I guess I'll talk about how I saw season two of the OA. Your favorite program! Oh, good. So, I get to do a how did we get here for the OA. Fantastic. So, once upon a time, a student was up late watching the show Lost. <laughs> and this person thought Lost was the best thing ever. They shouldn't have been watching Lost because their HSC creative writing exam was the next day. They get up, go to school, and they start writing this show. Mm-hmm. It's a bit all over the place, but it's a bit weird. It's going pretty well. And then they're like, five minutes to go. And then they spat out three more episodes, and that was the OA, and it shouldn't exist, and is the worst show I've ever seen. M, tell us about OA. Okay. <laughs> 
Thank you for that very positive introduction. I hated that show. But at what point did you hate it? Because you were liking it, and then you went from liking it to, nah, this is dumb. You need, like, you can put weird stuff, but you need to pay off the weird stuff. You have to earn that. It's disrespectful to your audience to just be weird for the sake of being weird and have none of it paid off. Lost is the best example of this. First mm-hmm. two seasons, it was weird, but there were some small payoffs. Mm-hmm. But then it solely existed just to get the next season. Keep making it weird. Mm-hmm. Keep it vague. Mm-hmm. Keep it mysterious. Mm-hmm. And if you're making a show just to get the second season renewal, you're not creating a show. You're trying to create a franchise, and you're a sellout and a hack, and your show is probably shit. Is this because they made an episode that was three minutes long? That was also weird. <laughs> Like, I get it's Netflix and it doesn't matter anymore, but there was like a 50-minute episode and a 13-minute episode, and I I don't think that bothered me that much. It was just really weird. (laughs) It bothered me a little, because there was... was interpretive dance and someone got shot. I don't know. Oh, spoilsies. Um, Anyway, so that's season one, uh, (laughs) in a nutshell. Some dude kidnapped people, and everyone was upset, and then magic, and then nothing, and then the show ended, and... (laughs) I was mad. <laughs> so I didn't watch S2. Um, it's a shame, because I think you probably would have actually liked season <laughs> two. Um, but I know you'll never get there. Now, season one... Now, because I, I had to do a lot of reading after the OA, because I was like, I think I get it. Either this sucked or I didn't get it. Um, <laughs> and the answer was both. <laughs> so I really liked the OA up until the last episode, uh, where it felt very rushed and lazy. Um, and I forget the specifics, but... The last episode was very distasteful because the timing of it was very poor. Oh, OA1. Yeah. Yeah. And we won't get into that too much. Um, But, yeah, I just, I didn't like how they did that. I think it was tasteless, classless, um, very rushed, bit shitty. I found the whole movements very, whoops, very interesting. Um, It was cool to see that carry through to season two. Now, a problem that they started to have in season one, which was very evident in season two, is there's too many characters. Way too many characters. Um, I had another point before this, but I forget what it was. Well, tell me about the characters first. (laughs) No, before I get to characters. (laughs) Um, So season one, right, it's about... Because I did some reading. I did some reading. That's what I was doing, reading. That's what I was talking about. I was doing some reading. Read some shit. And... um, The writers were saying that what they really wanted to do was explore, explore how you tell a story and that it's all about telling a story. Wank. It was a lot of wank. Um, Wank. But also some truth to it because that was the thing that was so enthralling about season one is because it bounces between modern day and however long beforehand when she's telling the story about... Like Arrow. Yeah, like Arrow, but (laughs) not very good. Um. But uh, didn't you find that part really compelling? How you're like, what does this mean? What happened? Why were they locked in that basement? Yeah, but tell us about that journey. But that was purely put that way to set up the mystery of what was going on, and then they didn't solve the mystery. It's like, oh, it's weird, and then they do flashback, flash forward. It's a crutch when nothing's happening. No, see, see, this is where I disagree because I find that the whole thing was about storytelling and listening and engaging and and the art of storytelling and what the story is. But what they also neglected to do, which is a very important end storytelling, is to wrap up the fucking story. Yeah, put in a middle and an end. <laughs> it's like, um, I've just been studying a whole thing about that, and I could get into that at a later date. Um, but 
Yeah, so what they forgot to do was wrap up the story properly. It's like they did all this amazing stuff with pulling apart the art of storytelling and then went, fuck, we've got to finish this. Exactly. And they went, five minutes to go, students, finish your exams. Yeah, so that's sort of how season one ended, which was disappointing. Now, season two, um, season two was very different to season one. Um, Season two played out a lot more like a thriller. So where season one was very much, sit around, kitties, I'll tell you a tale. This was very much, this house is fucking scary and I don't know what's going to happen when I get to the other side of it. (laughs) So, um, overall, I would say I actually quite liked season two. Um, I wasn't really prepared for it to be like a thriller. So it does get a bit confusing in the first episode because it opens up with different characters and a different setting. So I was like, all right, is this like a different realm is this a different um time in space like what is what is this and it it took until i think 36 minutes into the 45-ish minute episode to see oa and to be like oh good you're still here this what is did OA stand for in the end uh original angel that's right yeah and has she learned to act since last season because she's the writer creator of the show she's yeah. the one who stayed up late watching lost yeah um this is a vanity project for her. Yeah. That's the wank. It's definitely better. Um, what was interesting is when you first see her, she is a different person. Um, so you see her in another land or realm or whatever you want to call it, reality. Um, so that was very cool. But here are some of the problems that I had. Like I said, there's too many characters. So in the first season, you've got the characters she was locked up with and the characters she's telling the story to and how these two stories kind of overlap in different ways. Um, Which means in season two, you're lumped with these two lots of supporting characters that are now in different universes or different realms or whatever. And then you've got these other two or three characters that you've got to care about like the other protagonist in the story and you're like whoa 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 there's too many people to keep track of whoa it sounds like westworld season two with all the jumping all over the place with the same characters and you get lost it is like that but it was very it was a lot easier than westworld 2 to <laughs> uh to differentiate because it's two whole solid different blocks of characters right so you've got all the the school kids and the teacher in one like in the in the original timeline and then you've got this other weird ass timeline going on with all her, like, locked-up buddies. Now, was it all mysterious, and was it continued to season three? Yes. <laughs> but, uh, okay, you know what? No. Like, the the whole story, front to end, made a lot more sense. And it did have this cool, compelling mystery throughout it of, like, ooh, what's going on? Because it's a bit hard to explain, but there's, like, a weird... Uh, there's, like, a game that all the all the hackers are playing and it's to get into this house, but then to get in the house, you've got to solve these riddles and it's all like kind of thrillery and creepy and doesn't quite make sense. So that was all, I can see you yawning as I'm talking about the <laughs> Um So that, that was actually all genuinely compelling shit. So I really liked that, but there was, there was two things that really stood out to me that I was like, Oh, this is a bit forceful in here. That doesn't belong. And one of those I sent you a screenshot of is where, um, and this doesn't really give anything away, um, she's, she's, how do I even explain this? Um, I didn't understand what was happening in the photo. I watched it and didn't understand what was happening. She's basically being like mind controlled by a giant squid. Uh, I forget his name. 
Old, the, Old King Lighthouse or some stupid ass name the, like that. The squid had a name. The, it had a name in a very controlling voice. And it's from another world and I'm here to help you humans. That That is honestly what the dialogue was, was like. And I'm like, well, this is stupid. Wow, that sounds awful. It was terrible. It's like the dolphin in Johnny Mnemonic. It it was worse than that because it had a voice. At least the dolphin was just like, <laughs> I, I, I melt robots with my eyeballs. <laughs> yeah. Actually, while I'm rambling on about the OA, can you find out the name of that squid? I have to know. It's like Old King Clancy or some shit. No, keep talking. I'll find old, it. old King Wenceslas. I don't know. Something really bizarre. And it also has no point because it's like, hello, I am here to control your mind, but you will need to cure me. Oh, you did. Okay, cool. And so it was literally- the squid on- dies? Well, kind of. Does it? I don't know. See, you can never tell in this. Old Knight Octopus? Yeah, that's the one. Is that what it's called? The Old Knight? The Old Knight Octopus. Yeah, that's what it is. Uh, Which I feel kind of sums it up in whole, really. (laughs) It's the stupidest thing ever. So that was very weird, because I'm like, this was very unnecessary. Why did we see this? Will we see it again? Because I thought, oh, okay, there's some kind of weird, you know, deep sea, like, higher-minded thing. That sounds cool. I can... Like, while it was really jarring, I was like, all right, throughout the rest of the series, this could be interesting if there's some kind of, you know, higher power that lives in the deep sea. But no, there wasn't any more mention of any other giant squids. (laughs) That was the last, the first and last we see of old king, whatever his face is, old knight. So it was just in that scene and never came back. Yes, that was it. And I'm like, okay, that was pointless. Because you, you know how uh, in the first season she goes and she talks to some other angel or something and there's a bit of back and forth between that, which is cool. There wasn't any of that with this old knight. It was just, hello, I am old knight from the deep sea. I'm very wise, much wiser than you humans, but I will help you. And that was it. And I'm like, okay, that was useless. Um, <laughs> so that was one thing that I found really jarring that I didn't like. The other thing that was really jarring that I didn't like is this... Um, this thing which I call the exposition tree. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know a show is struggling when there's a something called the exposition something. Like in Game of Thrones, it had the betrayal garden where everyone would explain the <laughs> politics of the world and plan the next betrayal. See, that's at least subtext because you go, oh, people talk about secrets in that garden, which I can tell from watching this, and that's what happens in that garden. This was literally an exposition tree that grew around her and was like, let me tell you what you have to do for the rest of the show. <laughs> and she was like, okay. And that's literally what happened. It was like, oh, don't forget you need your friends to help you solve this mystery. <laughs> I've gone away with it too if it weren't for you damn uh, original angels. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to the exposition tree. It was very weird and the voice was also similar to the old night. It was very much, ooh, I'm the mystical tree. <laughs> You need your friends away, away, never forget, friendship. <laughs> and it was just... So the real winner is friendship. Apparently. That's what the show's about. Yes. And it's like the guy... Useless so, creatures that make no sense. So sidetrack, when <laughs> Lost finished, and everyone's like, what the fuck was that about? And the, the writer's like, oh, it's like... This is like a love story. And everyone's like, bullshit. (laughs) There was no love story. Like, there was filler love plots in the seasons. But, like, my God. It's about friendship. uh, So... This is... Lost reincarnated. If you are... Because the the whole thing is, like, the the reason why there was a talking tree is because... um, Well, I can't really give it away, actually. Um, But... Let's just say you take out the exposition tree and the useless octopus king. So the OA is the OA stands for octopuses 
around. I guess. Well, no, it doesn't because they weren't after <laughs> that one scene. It was so pointless. And, like, look, they could have tied it in a little bit better had it made one or two more appearances or if there was some other kind of subtext that there was, you know, higher life forms floating around on Earth to help everyone through their journeys through different realities, I could have gotten on board with that. They could have done that well. But instead, they just had these two very disparate scenes in different episodes with this weird-as-fuck giant octopus who thinks it's better than people and then this tree who's like, let me hug you and tell you about friendship and explain every little thing you need to do for the rest of the season to get to where you want to go. Um, It was dumb. But other than that, it was honestly a good season. I really liked the whole house thing was really cool and how people sort of left their bodies to go to other places and how that all worked out. Now, of course, um, it does end on not a cliffhanger, but definitely an opening for season three. And I would watch it. I would be keen to see how that goes. Cause so if they you're, do, you're still on board? I'm still on board. Despite those two really bizarre-ass things, I'm still on board. So I've been reading like that article talking about the this and, well... It makes me mad. Um, yes, there's a very tight logic to everything, the OA showrunner, Britt Marling. Um, while the actor claimed everybody will be rewarded when the show finishes its planned five-season arc. Five seasons, huh? Bullshit. Yeah, I don't know there's gonna that. So there's going to be best timing in history for anything. <laughs> and her submitting a script during... The Netflix avalanche of every show getting approved. I mean, sure, you have a show, you have a show. You know, mm-hmm. for the two years where everything got approved at Netflix. Mm-hmm. And she's one of them. And she shouldn't have. Because she's shit. Mm-hmm. It'll be very... Oh, yeah, five seems too many. I think it'd make a... It could make a good trilogy. Because I, I like how where they've... Where they're going to take it to next. Because of reasons I can't really get into certain things happen and everyone's a bit different. Um, but it's they're still going to have a bit of this same issue where they've got too many characters. I mean, they did colour a few, but this was a thing. We had these two, like I said, these two big groups of characters and they didn't explore a large bunch of them. They were just like, yeah, cool. Um, here they are for five minutes total on screen time throughout the whole season. I'm like, these are kind of important people. And there's a lot to explore here. Why aren't we doing that? Uh, yeah, so... I mean, they did they did buff a few out. Um, which didn't really have a purpose other than solely to trim down the cast, I think. Um, so if you've got to do that, I mean... I've just been reading a whole lot about character and plot development and you should never have more than three characters. Three main characters. Mm. Yeah, that's it. Instead of, you know, the... 13 that the OA have. Anyway, so in total, would I recommend the season 2 of OA? Yes, I would. Um, because I would not, as someone you, who's never seen it. <laughs> you would not. But no, the, the whole thing with the house stuff um, was really cool. Plus, when you get up to the weird squid and exposition tree, it's a good laugh because you're just like, what the shit is this? You're just making me hate it more. I know, I oh, know. But right. um, So you'd recommend carrying on? Yeah, I mean, it needs a director's, not a director's cut. What's the opposite of a director's cut? Burial. <laughs> Need Burn something. the tapes. Get rid of those two scenes, and season two was otherwise fairly tight, except that you don't explore any of the characters. You know, the more I explain this, the worse it sounds, but I promise the house part is pretty pretty cool. I like that. I should have watched this just to give an objective shredding of it instead of just... 
I think you would really love to hate this season. I think uh, if you get really stuck in a hotel sometime, you should give it a go. I need to don Have the, a couple of drinks and get yelly. I need to don the bad pop hat again. Do it. All right. So, so what do we got next? Okay, after the break, Santa Clarita Diet, season three. And we're back. The bad pop hat's coming off and the good pop hat's coming on. Good pop hats. Because now I'm going to talk about a good show. And, and what a good show it is. Yeah, so Santa Clarita Diet. The whole premise is, oh no, my wife's a zombie. Now, they've gotten three seasons out of this. I mean... I was skeptical. Like, I saw season yeah. three was coming and I was really excited. But I'm like, there's no way they can keep this magic going another season. But they delivered. And I've really been exploring why it's good. Because mm. it's amazing. It really is. And I think it's purely the actors. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, my wife's a zombie. Oh, no. Like, 30 episodes of TV from that is hard unless the characters are amazing. So I'm not even going to dwell on the plot. There's weird zombie stuff. There's secret organizations and weird rules around the zombies in this. But um, it's not what it's about. And <laughs> To you. <laughs> to me. And in a show where Drew Barrymore plays a horny zombie, she's being upstaged by the other three in the show. And Drew Barrymore is amazing in this. Yeah, look, I don't know that I can disagree with you. Um, she's amazing, but it's... um, It's the T- Timothy Oliphant reacts to things show. <laughs> so we've got... That was the working title for the show, I believe. Yeah, so we've got <laughs> Sheila and Joel, played by Drew Barrymore and Timothy Oliphant. I just love saying his name. He's a real honey, by the way. Timothy I really Oliphant. like him. Yeah, I, I love him. Yeah. In a show where it has cameos from um, Joel McHale, who I'm a big fan of, Timothy Oliphant, all day. Two tall guys... Yeah. <laughs> no, I just got I just got taken away just by that thought. Sorry, go on. Right. So they're the parents. Um, their daughter, Abby, played by Liv Hewson, and their friend, Skylar Gizondo, who plays Eric. Now, that just let's dwell on Eric's real name is wow. Skylar Gizondo. Like, there's no letter wasted in that name. <laughs> That's the best name I've ever heard. But it's a and it's such a fascinating name for Skyla such a for such a Gizondo. Well, Skylar's a girl's name usually, but but the the name as a whole is such a fascinating, exciting name for someone who is meant to be a very it's plain like, next story boy. <laughs> it's like someone sneezed in the middle of a sentence, and their name was Gizondo. Bless you. <laughs> right, so. The show's surreal. Weird stuff keeps happening. There's zombie nonsense. There's people trying to kill everyone. Blah, blah, blah. As I said, the plot doesn't matter. <laughs> the gold comes from Timothy Oliphant mm-hmm. trying to act in this show. Now, I can't work out if it's good acting or bad acting or just over-the-top acting. He's the star. I just have to stare at him, <laughs> react to the weird shit that happens in the show. As I said, Drew Barrymore plays a horny zombie, and I can't look away from Timothy Oliphant. Um, if you've I seen, I think it's great acting because it's not just that he's reacting to stuff, but his timing is amazing. His timing's amazing, but it's overacting, and it's it's enthrallingly good. <laughs> so, have you seen? He's just delightful. He's just like scale eleven delightful. Yeah. So he's struggling with the concept of his wife being a zombie. Sure. <laughs> it's it's it, they're trying to keep their marriage going, and mm-hmm. they got mm-hmm. a kid, and they're trying to got careers. It's all you know, life plus a zombie. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It makes me think of Wet Hot American Summer 
and what Paul Rudd did in that movie, <laughs> where he was just so big and over the top in every scene, just overacting to everything, and it was hilarious. It's not Paul Rudd level, but it's the same concept. It's like, oh, a zombie, and he's like, okay, and he's like trying to keep it together, <laughs> and it's just... Trying to be cool, trying to be cool. He, his eyes widen every time something shocking <laughs> happens. By the last episode, he's just a walking eyeball. Because he's just so... His eyebrows have receded into the ceiling. Because he's just so shocked. Like, I've never stared so much into another man's eyes. <laughs> oh, he's very spectacular in it, though. Like, he's just... He just seems so genuinely and authentic in the show. Um, in, in terms of how he reacts to things. And there's such great chemistry between him and Drew Barrymore. Mm. I really love that. Um, and just all the main four. Um, yeah. So Liv Houston and Skylar Gozondo, mm-hmm. who are the kids. And by season three, they don't cross over much. They're all going on their own little adventures, mm. doing their day-to-day stuff. And they're hilarious. Great. All of them. Impeccable comic timing. Oh, yeah. And just working with the surreal plot they've been given. (laughs) Mm, mm. And I wondered how long the show can sustain, but the format means you forget it quickly because it's, you know, 20-minute episodes, it's Mm. 10 of them, you can belt it out in two to three to four hours, and then you wait for 12 months, and then you watch the next one, and it's charming all over again. Yeah. And funny again. It's solid the whole way through. I mean, there's zombie stuff, there's weird plot, but... I, I'm not a zombie person. I don't. I don't get zombies. I don't like zombies. I know that it's a very like. Well, actually, not really anymore. But it used to be very. Like, zombies was like the hot thing. Everything was zombies. Never been about that life. But this show, I love. Yeah, Timothy Oliphant reacts to things. It's pretty great. Like, well, what I did show. like about this season, I know you didn't really want to address the plot. You just wanted to talk about Timothy <laughs> Oliphant. <laughs> I could talk about him for days. Oh, and I let you. And I would let you. <laughs> um, but what I did like about this plot is that this had a lot of surprisingly solid themes throughout the um throughout the story so we see a couple of struggles with things like mortality and what does it mean to live (laughs) so we see some characters struggle with that like is it worth it living forever do you want to do you want to outlive people do you want to have that power what is it that you want is life even worth anything if it goes forever but what i also really liked is this weird um there's a lot of addressing prejudice in this show like it's a lot of um a lot of like prejudice and and not racism because it's about living and dead. What would that word be? Deadism? Lifeism? Lifeism? Undeadism? Undeadism? Lifeist? I don't Life, know. Yeah, something like so that. So are you talking about discrimination against zombies? Yeah, because okay. <laughs> but but not just that, but it's um you know, like addressing your own biases about zombies because everyone's like, "Oh my god, they're monsters. They're man eaters. They do this." And there's a few things that um, that she that you know Drew Barrymore does throughout the show, which are you know using her powers for good, and and that's something that we see her try to do for the last couple of seasons, um, and the people really the people who know are quite surprised by that. Um, and it's like, well, you know, I'm not I'm not a monster. Like, why would you think I'm like that? I'm I'm not like the others. We're not all like this. We're not all like this. Stop using the Z word, and you know things like that. <laughs> Um, and so I found that, like, by the end of it, I'm like, wow, this is actually a really good story about prejudice. <laughs> I like this. Um, so that was a real surprising theme to to emerge from this um, third season that I found, uh, which was which was pretty good. There were also 
now that they've gone for three seasons and they're you know they know how to make a show and they're like, all right so you got to expand the cast a bit and they put mm. a lot of work this season into sort of a side characters yeah so we've got um the nana she's called the nana in the oc i actually did write a name down linda lavin hmm. um we've Plays got the nana in the oc so yeah there you go. we've got sailboat from more rats um <laughs> Ethan Supley and Jonathan Slavin, who's been like in one episode of every single show. Yeah, and right. they've got these new set of characters who are come in from different angles mm. and they've actually given them a little bit of a mini story arcs and it all you know comes together nicely towards the end and Take well, note, Oe. <laughs> I don't want to talk about this too much because it spoils it, but you know when an actor leaves a show mm. and you replace them? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I don't want to talk specifically about it because it's season three of this zombie drama. It's quite weird at this point. But the actor swap they did <laughs> in season three of Santa Clarita Diet was a masterstroke. <laughs> oh, I forgot all about that already. And doesn't that come up in like the first episode or something? Yeah. You're like, wait, something's not right. Why is so, this different? And I can't. <laughs> I can't talk the specifics, but the actor, the two actors that swapped, so actor A going to actor B, mm-hmm. the this, these two actors are interesting mm-hmm. in that because they're related, and just the story device they made to swap the character around cracked me the f up. <laughs> it was really good because it was like we've obviously got to do something obvious. We're going to work around it. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, I don't. I want to do a bit of. Did you look at any research into why that? Why there was an actor swap? Did you? Oh, look it was that a, up? no, I didn't. But I assumed it was a small role, and these were scheduling conflict, maybe a listed, not a listers, but I'll call them for, solid Bs for this tier of TV, an A lister. Mm. But they swapped them with what I would consider nearly a same level oh, <laughs> A lister. Oh, I, I dare say I would put them as equally same. Ooh, level. Cool. <laughs> well. For the reasons that uh, people would know, yeah. Um, but I really want to know if it, if it was just that they had to recast because of a scheduling conflict, or if they decided, decided that would be fucking funny <laughs> to do an actor swap anyway. If we just changed them over just for lols, or if someone was like, "I want to be in this show," and they're like, "Oh well, let's just do this because that'd be hilarious." Um, so because uh, it's not a big role, so you no. can't you can't expect you know a sort yeah. of a higher profile actor to. I want, to, I want to find that out and we can address that next week. Because okay. <laughs> I really want to know if that was on purpose or just scheduling conflict or something. Uh, but yeah, very, very solid third season. And what I what I do like is, um, and that's just something that I've thought from first to second and now second to third and now third to fourth, is I'm like, how, how, how are they going to expand on this? But they keep finding a way. They keep They've, going, here's um, how we can take this story to the next level. Here's the new big problem that this family is going to have. And they do such a good job of it every time. Yeah, they do a good raising of the stakes at the end mm. of each season. And they've done it again for a third yeah. to change the dynamic to get Timothy Oliphant to react to things more. <laughs> I really hope someone's turned every one of his expressions into gifts. Oh my god, imagine a supercut of him just being like, okay! <laughs> and with his old-timey dad wisdom. Ah, oh, so good. All right, so big thumbs up for me. It's short, it's bingeable, and if you only got into it now, you could still knock out three seasons in a day, and it's delightful. Yeah, like stay hydrated, but yeah, you could turn it in a day. <laughs> so Santa Clarita season three, thumbs up. Hell yeah. Um, 
we skipped my whole what I've been up to, so I'll save that for next episode because we've burnt through all the reviews. Any big news, Em? Um, not so much big news that I can think of. Um, there is a new uh, Christina Applegate show coming to Netflix in May, I think. Um, I forget what it's called. Death something, something about death. Yeah, I forget. Um, I did share the trailer on our Facebook page, so you can... Right. We'll, uh, we'll have a look at that, and we'll talk about it a bit at the intro of our next episode. Yeah, so you can see that there. But it looks like a solid show. Looking forward to it. Um, other than that, like, uh, Borderlands 3. That's literally all I care about right now. So that is <laughs> you my You've got six months news. to fill. I suppose we can replay them all. Look, I can talk about it every single episode. I will witcher the shit out of this tea. <laughs> Speaking um, of, didn't you just wrap up a DLC for that? Yes, but well, at the end of the podcast, I'll talk about it. <laughs> we got time. So we don't. But talk the about reason it I coincidentally are talking about The Witcher a lot is because I restarted <laughs> my replay the week before episode one of this podcast, and I finally got up to one of the downloadable content missions, Heart of Stone. That is um, actually the reason I wanted to replay it. But yeah, I wanted to play the whole game again because you know I liked it. Um, so one down, one to go. And I unlocked some glasses, and now my Geralt has some glasses. And if you play The Witcher, you don't do eye stuff, so he just walks around with these steampunk goggles now. What a story. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I wasn't even going to talk about it, like, but since we're at the end and no one's listening at this point. <laughs> well, we've, we've gone past the Borderlands 3, so everyone's turned off by now. Um, <laughs> but speaking of, uh, of that, though, I did see a new screenshot from the show that's coming on Netflix for The Witcher. Hmm. And I was really skeptical about... Uh, what's that guy's name? He's playing... Henry Geralt. Cavill. Yeah, him. Superman. Yeah, sure. So I was really... Since the, they released that first photo, I was like, ooh, I don't know about this. But the screenshot that I saw um, that got put out, he looks amazing. Mm. Like he, They've really stepped up. I think they probably were like, shit, people didn't like that, uh, that photo. So what did they change? In. What was different? Um, I don't know if it's like the CGI on his face or if they've done a better job with the makeup or something, but he just looked a lot more grizzled and the wig fitted properly. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it was looking it was looking pretty good. The um, So Witcher 3, everyone's the one used to. His old man Geralt and his kind of retires at the end of it. So, But he's younger in the early one, so there's no, no reason why it shouldn't work. I think, like, from the, the first photo that they released, like, the wig wasn't sitting on properly right. and, and a few things just didn't look right. So it feels like maybe they rushed it or something. I don't know. Um, but it was looking a lot better this time. When's that come out? Uh, soonish, I think. Can't remember when. June? I could be making that up. I have no you idea. You better nail that dry sense of humor or it's... Mm. Yeah. Anyway. I guess we'll see. Um, save that for next week. They renewed Umbrella Academy for season two. Yes, they did. Thank God. Could you imagine if they didn't? Well, yeah. I'm. I assume if you're going to do this multi-run thing, you kind of have you kind of know when you're making the show because otherwise yeah. you can't do the big cliffhanger and then be like, mm, we're not going to do the second one. You're like, oh shit. Like, I think maybe I think maybe there are some shows that on the DL are signed for a minimum of two, but they just don't announce that straight away. I'm not sure, uh, but I'm very glad that they're going to get at least a second season because that was a lot of fun. I enjoyed that show. Yeah, it got really good. And mm. um, yeah, they didn't solve the problem they set up in the first of the thing. And you know how I hate that. Yes, well, <laughs> that is your favourite. Finish um, your stories. God. You don't want people to come back, though. 
Um, but on that note, speaking of renewals and not renewals, did find out today um, that the Curious Creations of Christine McConnell is not being renewed, which is a bummer. Like, I get... Look, guys, I get that it was a weird show. It was a friggin' weird show. But that's kind of why it worked. And, look, I fell in love with Rose, the weird little trash panda with a fork hand. She was so filthy and so funny. And I'm really devo that she's not going to live on in some form on Netflix. So I do hope that Christine McConnell gets some other kind of thing where she gets to reuse those characters, like a web series or, or something, because, like... I mean, the other characters I didn't really care about. But Rose, I love her. She's just amazing and so creepy. <laughs> so, so creepy. Should not be in a workplace environment. Would get dragged to a sexual harassment conference. But, um, yeah, so that's something that is not going ahead, which is a real shame because she makes some amazing things. It was a cool little, like, craft cooking show where you'd be like, I really want to make that. And I'd be terribly disappointed with whatever I made. But I want to make it anyway. Um, plus, yeah, aforementioned Rose. It's just Rose. Rose, Rose, Rose. Just make a show with her. That's what I want, really. So, yeah, that's a bummer. Hmm. What was your favourite April Fool's? This April Fool's. Anyone do anything good um, that you liked? Not really. No. Oh, I'd kind of avoided it. I'm not really into the whole April Fool's thing. But all the companies have a crack at a funny joke. I know there's one you liked. Oh, well, yeah, but it's not really pop culture relevant. No, April Fool's is pop culture. Well, that's fair. Okay, well, in my case, there was a, a bank institution that made a fun joke about home loans for dogs to make doggy homes. I liked it. Still has a median price of a million dollars. Well, you can't buy a dog house in Sydney. Um, what they These did dogs do... just want to live in Newtown. They should get jobs out rural. <laughs> oh, sure. Um... Too many smashed avo doggy biscuits. <laughs> Bloody uh... millennial dogs. They did... Uh, prematurely announced the release date for Borderlands 3 on April Fool's Day, though. It said 13th of of September, and then uh, not long after it was deleted, and everyone was like, wait, wait, you fucking with us? What's going on? Are you for real? Is this an April Fool's Day? And then they had to confirm later, like, no, someone just got too excited. I bet that person's totally fired now. (laughs) But, I mean, if you can screw up on one day with an early announcement, April Fool's is the safest. Because no I one's going to believe you anyway. Well, yeah, that's that's very true. But I that's mean, a come Steam out. could come out and be like, Half-Life 3, and everyone <laughs> will be like, oh. <laughs> oh. That would be safe. But the curse is broken. Borderlands 3, it's happening. Yes, definitely. Um, oh my god, I'm so excited. I want to go watch the trailer again right now. Alright, hit us with our socials, Em. Sorry, I'm too busy opening YouTube. What? Socials. Uh... Facebook.com forward slash good pop bad pop podcast. You can also find us on the Twitter sphere at good pop underscore bad pop. Also, we have Instagram now. I'm not going to tell you the handle because I forget what it is and we haven't put anything on there yet. But next week I will have something there. Um, that is it for our socials. So otherwise... Tweet in with shows that are shit. <laughs> Let us know shows that you hate. Well, that's a very broad question. Now, tell me why. It can be a thing. You've just heard why I hate the OA and hated Lost on a deep philosophical level. Tell us if you liked season two of the OA. That's what I would (laughs) like to know. Did you also find that old squid weird? I found him weird. Tell us. Tweet us. Goodpop underscore badpop. Facebook.com forward slash goodpop badpop podcast. We will see you next week. Thank you for listening. Now go out there and play some goddamn Borderlands so we can talk to you about it next week.